When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to Oh What A Night. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope you enjoyed Spurs game against Marine. I'm delighted to say it's a five ball today. We've got an enlarged squad. So let's meet our Spice Boys. Jude Summerfield, you can be our sporty Spice, looking lean as anything, as we've just discussed off air. Delicious. Um, Our posh Spice, Dan Kilpatrick. (laughs) Our baby Spice is technically one of the youngest members of the group, Hunter Godson. I'll take Ginger Spice because I get a really gingery beard. You do. Like, the hair stays dark, but my beard goes like fire. And that means, unfortunately, a massive welcome to Scary Spice. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Hussey, welcome back to What A Night. It's a delight to have you here, sir. How are you? I'm all right, lads. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take that. I'm yeah. scary. I'm hard. Do you know what I mean? That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, sort of like, it's sort of like silverback style. Yeah, so that's what we stand meant. up and beat your chest. Alpha mentality. I'm on the uh, I'm on the carnivore diet. Hunt elk. The lot. <laughs> yeah, Just like scary spice. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same. In a romantic relationship with Eddie Murphy as well. Um, let's get into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. Um, so uh, a five nil win over Marine. Uh, it, like realistically this has played out as well as it possibly could when you break it down um jude i'll let you let you take first dibs on on what got you going um what was good for you mate oh you know just um you know sucking the life and heart out of the fa cup um, <laughs> with a five nil win over eighth tier opposition it's mm. just it's the stuff that dreams are made of you know what I, mean? <laughs> um, I feel like i should give a little shout out to alfie divine who yeah. uh, became nice. our youngest ever player, taking mm. Dane Scarlett's record, and our youngest ever goal scorer. And he's sort of at that like really young age where you know they haven't really discovered hair and grooming products yet. So mm. he's <laughs> just a little rough around the edges, and he was just oh, but it was it was brilliant to see him score. Um, but yeah, a, a, a very good evening's work for Tottenham there. The word that they I love the way Jude kept shaves his beard and it, then dishes out 
<laughs> yeah, just rough around the edges, man. Yeah, just yeah, we should fill people in at home. Jude is now beardless. You've mm. gone from sort of castaway to Mr. Steal Your Gal, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a few more pounds to shed before that, but yeah. yeah so, <laughs> I, well, I have, so, with the beard going, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> the, uh, Jack, the thing that, that the, the word that everyone kept using was professional. But I think we almost like went past professional and then went to kind of like full headlock choking the life out of the opposition <laughs> towards the end. Yeah, I mean, well, it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, just in the respect that I'd seen before this, there was the whole like, is Mourinho going to make this all about him? Are they going to field a strong team? And we did that. And then the memes started changing. After, after Vinicius scored, it was like... Pfft. Look at Tottenham taking this so seriously against (laughs) Jesus Christ, lads, come on. But there was also, you know, I I did kind of tweet quite churlishly yesterday, like, you know, before the game, you're very much wrapped up in the whole sentiment of it, of, you know, this is the football family, we've bought these virtual tickets, it's lovely to support kind of non-league opposition. But after they'd hit the bar and you started to see Tottenham perhaps maybe worry a bit in the opening, you know, we hadn't scored after 15 minutes, you start to think, uh, and then we got our first goal, you're up, like, right, make them bleed. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Choke the life out of this one. Um, Dan, what did, you, uh, what did you make of it? You, were you up there? Were you behind the goal waiting to get smashed by Jensen? <laughs> I was up there, yeah. I was waiting for Jed Sosoko to send one my way. I was really thinking <laughs> if I was ever going to get on too good, too bad, mm. that was going to be the week. So I was kind of gutted when my laptop didn't get smashed to pieces. Uh, but yeah, I, I was there. It, it was one of those games for me where after kind of 35 minutes or whatever, after that Spurs four-goal blitz, I just kind of wasn't that interested in what was happening on the pitch. And you then just started kind of looking around at the surroundings, really, looking at the people in, in their back gardens watching, looking at the BBC studio that had kind of temporarily be set, been set up on a corner, looking at the temporary floodlights that were flickering on and off occasionally, <laughs> and just kind of enjoying the, the sort of non-league colour of it, really. Um, was it and there was There was a lot of that. Yeah, it was, it was great fun. That, it was a real nice change. Like There was genuinely a moment that you, you might have seen a few of us tweeting about where Bale and Jack Clark were like warming up just in front of us and a dog like jumped at the fence and sort of <laughs> Jack Clark jumped out of his skin. Uh, it was just the kind of stuff that does not happen in the Premier League. And there was oh, genuinely great. a floodlight that was kind of flickering on and off behind us, one of the temporary ones that had set up. Uh, there was obviously a, the occasional sort of Scouse accent yelling something about how rubbish Spurs were from one yeah. of the back gardens so it, it was it was a really good fun and it, it genuinely was sort of more about the occasion at least being there it felt like more about the occasion than the actual football yeah there, there was a there was a couple of good performances as as well in in amongst the narrative wasn't there I think we got to give praise to Delhi Hunter yeah I think I think Delhi as they sort of mentioned 500 times on the commentary a lot of the time Premier League footballers go down to this level and they sort of walk it thinking well I've got nothing to prove I play in the Premier League and you're in tier 8 um but Delhi Ali really stood out above a lot of players uh you know including Tottenham players around him he was the one who looked bothered looked like he wanted to create something and hopefully 
that sort of gives him goodwill to get time in in the bigger games because I I think even against a, a team like that you can see that he's miles above it and you know sometimes it, sometimes players don't look miles above it I'm looking at a few players yesterday Jadson Fernandez no no comment there but uh, yeah I think he deserves special praise I also think Harvey White deserves a lot of praise I thought I thought he was brilliant um, throughout the game basically and. Um, I know we have a bit of a problem with homegrown players, so I think we should be looking at some of these younger guys as who's going to be the next one to come through, and, and he looks like a real talent. Um, did you get any joy from seeing... Like, I'll, I'll explain why, it's a bit of a loaded question. Did you get any joy from seeing Delhi get into that little scuffle with the big sort of non-league number nine? Uh, bags, mate. As I've Good. said to you many times, I Good. want to see Delhi Ali. At, at the precipice of red card nearly all the time because I think that's where he's, his, he's at his best and his most dangerous on the pitch and even seeing him doing that just it just all of those things together a good performance sort of a good movement of the ball looks really tidy in possession and then sort of looks like he might punch someone in the face and then <laughs> ask them what they're doing when they try to punch him back that's the sort of Deli Alley performance we need and uh, and it sort of shows that he, you know there's a bit of a fire in him and uh, yeah, I, like, I liked it a lot. Did anyone else sort of enjoy Delhi's performance? Was there any any other takers? I, the moment he did that little, he had that little kerfuffle. The moment he had that little kerfuffle, he immediately looked like he was desperate to get on the ball. That really got me buzzing. I was really, really excited to see that. Go on, Dan. Well, I thought it was kind of the best and worst of Delhi Ali, at least okay. in Mourinho's eyes. At anyway, I mean, I thought. The way he played in, in the final third was really good. He was kind of patient and waited for, for a chance to, to make something happen and then was pretty unselfish with, with both the first goals and involved in Vinicius's hat-trick goal as well with a, with a kind of decent run. But, I mean, given that the last time we played for Spurs, Mourinho came out and was like, I'm really unhappy with him for doing these little flicks. I mean, there, there seemed to me to be no intent to cut them out at all. I mean, there, there were at least two little flicks, one with his first touch and one which kind of lost um, lost Spurs the ball in, in the build-up to one of Marine's only chances, I think. He kind of tried a half-rainbow flick over someone's head and then Joyce had a shot which Roden blocked. So I, I do think it was an encouraging performance and Mourinho was obviously happy with him afterwards, but I was kind of... I thought it was notable that he... he yeah, he he isn't trying to sort of change his game after what Mourinho said at Stoke, which which was pretty strong stuff. So, you know, I I can't I can almost imagine from from Jose's point of view, he might have remembered those flicks as much as he remembered those assists, which which kind of worries me. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm not sure who tweeted it, but someone said Delielli's first touch is a flick to no one, which is a, just elite shithousery from him. <laughs> You just feel Jack, that that's, it's just peak Delhi, though, isn't it? It's such a, it's such a. I was just going to say it's just such a red flag to a bull with him, isn't it? To say you know to single out something like doing a flick as being a bad thing, you just know a player like Ali's just going to think right. Well, I'm doing a flick the next time I'm on the pitch. And it's it's kind of part of the the brilliance of him. I, I think it was it after sixteen seventeen, he he put out a tweet essentially saying like you know. This has been the most incredible season of my life. Thanks to everybody that supported me, but even bigger thanks to everybody that's doubted me. You know, and you're kind of like, that's him, that's Delhi, and it's just there's something I can't. I just, I, I just love about him so much. You know, mm. um, yeah. desperate for it. To, I'm desperate for him to stick around. I really am. I, I, 
he's such a special player and I'm I'm not going to be like a flat earther and claim that that he's still playing at the same level that he was during that season where he was just phenomenal and one young player of the year etc but um yeah he's such a at the moment given that teams are now starting to think maybe we'll just sit in against these guys I feel like there is a role for him. There is there is Definitely. a place for him, and there is a place for a flick or two. Um, mm. let's come on to the let's come on to the slightly less good bits because I I don't want to dig out anyone in sort of too heavily individually, but did feel at times there was a couple of players on the pitch you were thinking maybe you're not quite at it. Maybe this is not sort of name pitch names. very bobbly. It wasn't who a carpet. Who do you but... think? <laughs> Call them out. I'm looking right. I'm seeing an image of Joe Hart sitting on the side of the pitch, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> nearly having been lobbed from 30 yards. And I'm thinking, hang on, what's going on here? Like you, you haven't had a worldie, you know, nearly getting done from 35 yards. It's not going to be the difference between us winning and losing. But I did mm. think, like, hang on, beat, like, show that level of focus. You know, it, it's about focus tonight and actually being up for it. Yeah, he's got. He's just. He's hub, He's got hubris, doesn't he? The man. The man has it. He's never. He's never got it out of his game. The, as you said, Hainsy, before the game, he's slapping the wall, sort of hyping the. As you know, as you said, we've seen that before against Iceland, where he's sort of whacking the wall before they're going out and kicking things, and and it's. I don't think it's helpful. It's if anything against a game like Marine, you need everyone to be like, stay calm. We're the much better team. Let's just outplay him, score the goals. You don't need someone to be hyping you up going, kill him, kill him, make sure you kill him. And, if, and when you're 4-0 up, stamp on their neck. Like, so it's just not necessary. And 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 the picture you're talking about where he's sitting down, I think it's either a Spurs corner or a Spurs throw in like further up the pitch. Just like, come on, show, show, show respect to what's happening. Everyone else is by being really professional on the pitch. Just don't, just don't do that. I don't know what that. Yeah, look, I'm, I, I'm not going to go too far into it because at the end of the day we won. Mm. I don't know what that picture is about. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> it, it, are you that tired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good I've, question. Yeah. I've got to say, I did, I did find it quite disappointing because I, I would say I was probably in the, I was in the camp before we signed him of I. I didn't think it was as proper football man, if you like, as people were making out that Jose Mourinho had identified certain personalities, if you like, that he wanted within the in the squad. You know, like we'd seen it with Hoybier, um, and also with with Hart as well, in particular, that people were saying he's been there, done it, he's won stuff. It's a big voice in the dressing room, even if he is third choice, second choice. We're not going to see him much on the pitch. It's important, I, and a lot of people kind of scoffed at that idea, and I, I didn't think it was as ridiculous or archaic a notion as was floated. But then, when you when you see stuff like that, when you see him sat down at the side of the pitch, regardless of the level, when you've almost just been shipped, like you're saying, you know, from about thirty five yards by, with all due respect, a plumber. I think quite a few of the other lads are going to be looking at this thinking, well, yeah, he might have won a Premier League, but when this guy's shouting at me doing this, he's acting like, you know, like yeah. a fool when when we're playing a game and he's almost been kind of shown up already. So why should I listen to this guy? 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just disappointing, is it? I'm disappointed, Joe. <laughs> <All right, mate. laughs> Not angry. Anyone else pick up any other any other sort of bads? Any other things we need to look at on the on the not so good front? I, don't, I, I think I think Jedson Fernandez will sort of come into it right. It's not it's not a terrible performance from him. I don't think it's not a brilliant performance. I know Jose sort of said he had a good game. Him and Delhi, I think he picked out as the two of us having the better games. But I, I think we're still left sort of wondering what what is Jedson and why is he here over someone like Skip, for instance. Um, I know I understand that Skip's going out and he's having a fantastic time, but. For, for me, Jason Fernandez uh, is, is a mystery I'm yet to solve, basically. Dan, what did you make of Jason's performance? He's just like a s- slightly less refined version of Sissoko, but not nearly as good. <laughs> uh, I just don't know, really know what he's for. Mm. Uh, I, I think, that I, I kind of sympathise in that he literally hasn't, played all season as he's played once against Chelsea so you can't expect anyone to come in on a dodgy pitch to a a makeshift 11 and play really really well um, even against an 8 tier club so yeah, I I kind of sympathise but I just agree with Hunter I'm not really sure what what he's for and I think Benfica will probably recall him by the end of this month I think it might have happened already if it weren't for that cup tie and I think Mourinho wanted to to play him and kind of reward him for the fact that he's not missed a training session and you know he does work hard and he's got a good attitude mm-hmm. but I don't you know he's kind of a he's a mad example of sort of pre-Covid excess isn't he like Spurs said they'd pay 55 million for him I think yeah uh, and at the end of the season you're like well that's probably not going to happen <laughs> <laughs> that would be clinically insane yeah. <laughs> His buyout clause is is 120 million euros, though, right? They set they set his buyout clause as like the biggest one in Portugal or something. So, with the exception yeah. of Jao Felix, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the two aren't really comparable at the moment. <laughs> Jude, is that the last we've seen of Jensen and Spurs yet? You reckon? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of when he would he would play again because. If they get like a tough draw in the next round of the FA Cup, he's not going to play there. Um, there won't be any chances taken in the Europa League, I don't think. It's and... only a couple of weeks away, isn't it? The next round of the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. In theory. But it's, seems... it's that thing where that we just don't really know what his main qualities are, and we're not. If you know, I'm sure he has them, but Spurs aren't really playing to them. I've got to say, and if you're a... play, if you're thinking long term, as we've said, some of the other players like White and and. You know some of the younger guys. I think you start looking to them, and you go, they're offering just as much <clears throat> at a fraction of the price. We need these players to come through. They're they're our, if they if even if they don't make it into the first team, they're you know products of the academy that will earn more money. The better they become, um, I think. Yeah, you you have to think about it logically now. We need we need those those boys coming through rather than Jetson Fernandez. And just to just to echo what you were saying earlier, Hunter, like just White, he really just he was such a lovely player to watch. I thought yesterday, like his passing is so crisp and just it just seemed to be that he set the tempo so well for a player that young and that relatively inexperienced. 
He just, I don't know, he just he just sort of has that mark of that player that's just, you reckon, could probably take the step up and do it quite effortlessly because mm. he just looks very assured and, I don't know, quite an exciting player, I thought. Yeah, definitely. We've got time for one beautiful and one ugly. So we're going to do the beautiful first because I think in the ugly we're going to talk about what's happened over the course of the last 24 hours if you haven't kept up to speed with... Aston Villa's game against Spurs being called off and then Spurs getting their game rescheduled with Fulham. It's all a bit of madness. Hopefully Dan can break that down for us in a bit. But um, just just on the beautiful front, Hunter, I really like your shout on this. Vinicius taking no chances whatsoever. <laughs> there was something so beautiful about it. Like the whole the whole thing of him completely messing up the first shot, getting caught under his feet, the keeper's gone to the floor. He's looking at the linesman almost dead in the eye to be like, if you put your flag up, I'm gonna run over and torture you <laughs> And then hitting it as hard as he could, as if he had like outspoken haters in Crosby who were <laughs> lining the streets of Crosby to sort of go you'll never make it Vinicius we know you you'll never make it it was just it was a beautiful moment of like bizarre outburst uh, I, I, maybe he's frustrated with his playtime and he you know that was a good way of him sort of releasing that but honestly it was so bizarre and out the blue and, and brilliant for a Premier League footballer to just <laughs> Pop one in against tier eight opposition. It was a, uh, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> no, that's great energy to have. If he, if he yeah, fully exactly. appreciated the context of the game. <laughs> Did anyone say like, mate, they're they're in the eighth tier? Like, to be fair, chill out a little bit. <laughs> Lucas Moura is like his official Tottenham guide, right? And Lucas Moura looked like he was about to cry after he scored that free kick. So maybe the t- maybe the two of them had decided it was a really big game and that they were gonna really. Yeah, more yeah. is like this. This is the big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was like, Don't worry about the Europa League. You've been scoring yeah. in that, but this is the one. This is the big one. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe if you, you scoring this one. Definitely do the Mbappe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, the, the the thing is, yeah, the FA Cup's spoken about a lot and about how prestigious it is when foreign players come to England. They are told that oh, the FA Cup is big big time trophy you know it's what the oldest cup in the world sort of thing so maybe maybe that was part of it you never know i think uh was it barney barney roney he sort of touched on this as well that as much as people want to make fun of you know players like vinicius like he's come from fishing village in northernmost brazil which it, to him he probably goes somewhere like marine and thinks what they they reckon in this country that this is like a tin pot ground mm. you know so <laughs> yeah yeah there's absolutely. that context to it i guess like very very true and just to finish up on the beautifuls jude did you enjoy just kind of taking in the scenes i know dan mentioned it earlier on but it was kind of nice wasn't it just uh, any aerial shot any little aerial shot of the ground in and amongst all the houses or people like smashing back Prosecco on a Sunday night in their garden. Like, it just. Yeah. No, all of it was brilliant. Even like uh, the BBC's to have decision to have Dion Dublin, oh. aka stairs leading up to the bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> on that. Honestly, that is brilliant. <laughs> on the Cocom. It was fabulous. And there were signs all over saying, you know, I'm free and single to mingle, Jose. Yeah. Have you got Jurgen's number? <laughs> People chugging Prosecco. It was a proper like callback to these FA Cup ties. And it's, you know, I'm not really sure what it is about Premier League games at the moment, but it just doesn't quite, there's not, they're sort of emotionless. And Mm. I know there wasn't much social distancing and all that before the game, um, but the people who were enjoying it from their gardens, it was, it was nice to see them 
you know, cheering on Marine even when it was 5 0 and there were only five <laughs> minutes left to play. Dion, Dion was just having a lovely time, wasn't he, dude? I've never, I've yeah, never he heard was. a man so it, like over the moon to see people drinking Prosecco while watching a football match. He was like, look, maybe I'll get a glass. Can I have a glass? <laughs> and he was like, and then he was on like clock watch because, you know, there was that cardboard cut of clock. He was yeah. like, it's moved yeah. from number 24 to 36. <laughs> He's moving around the ground. I was like, Dion, you I know, prefer this ca- to the game. <laughs> him saying every five minutes well done young man well yeah. done young man like, literally like, someone had taken a throw in he's like who's done that right it's like yeah, yeah. throw in mate 34 year old 20 stone striker he's like well done young man absolutely nonsense right let's uh let's come on to the the ugly bit because it, like realistically dan this fixture change i realized that on paper if you showed it to someone that maybe didn't know about Premier League football and just said, look, you just remove team A and replace it with team B and then <laughs> change the ground. People might go, yes, that's very sensible and practical. But for Jose Mourinho, he will not be looking at it like that, will he? Well, I, I think Mourinho will have... He, he will probably complain about it. <laughs> 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 but I also think he'll be happier than if the Villa game was postponed without the Fulham game being put in its place, right? Right. Okay. The, the thing he was, the thing he was most concerned about was getting to the business end of the season. The Spurs having three games in hand, Villa, Fulham, and the League Cup final game, and being asked to play them all, you know, in the space of a couple of weeks, basically having two midweeks, and that's what he was saying. Spurs were refusing to do. So I think he will. Yeah, I think he might have a whinge about it. But, I mean, let's face it, Spurs were preparing for Marine until last night. They pretty much knew this morning what was going to happen, I think. So they will have started today preparing for the Fulham game um, rather than the Villa game. So I think for Spurs, it's a decent outcome. I think there's there's more reason for Fulham to gripe, even though their game against Chelsea on Friday has also been moved. You know, They've now got a much tougher week. Uh, you know, having not known what they're up against... On Saturday, when they played QPR, um, which went to extra time, they've now got you know two massive London derbies that could have quite a big impact on their chance of staying up. So, I, I don't think Spurs can have many complaints about this. Um, but having said that, I also kind of subscribe to Mourinho's view that you know I think everyone's just got to suck it up a bit this year. If we want the season to get finished, you know the teams are going to have to put up with with difficult scenarios. And I think what goes around comes around. Um, and you know, at some point, it's probably going to be your team um, that's inconvenienced, um, and at other points, it's going to be them that, that seemingly have the upper hand. Jack, what was your take? How how sort of flexy do you think Spurs need to be here? I mean, it, it's not even so much about Spurs um, or anything that's a, 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 say a, a club problem per se. Because um, I understand the prerogative of a team like Aston Villa is that they want to stay up and they want to ensure that they can field the strongest team that they can against a team like Tottenham. But I think we are getting to that kind of level where it's almost it's almost borderline farcical to be making these decisions that Aston Villa can somehow get a buy this week um, when they've managed to, on the weekend, field a team to play against Liverpool that is seemingly now disadvantaging Fulham, who are a relegation rival of theirs. Um, I mean, it might... Well, actually, I wouldn't say Villa are kind of on the cusp of relegation this season. That's very unfair. But, but last season, speaking, they certainly were. 
Yeah, and I just, I don't know. Where do we, when we start having this kind of almost subjective line um, on things, because I've seen it, it's floated that the the calibre of team that Villa could put forward would not be befitting of the standards of the Premier League. Um, I think we're on very dodgy ground. I think a big part of it as well is just that if Villa played their under-23s against Spurs, all the teams around Spurs and all the the other title contenders and top four contenders would kick off because they they would see it as damaging the integrity of the competition. Whereas in the FA Cup, you can make a case the only people Villa are really damaging by playing their under-18s and under-23s is is themselves and their own chance of going through. So I, I don't think particularly now the precedent has been set, I don't think the Premier League at any point this season can kind of row back on that and say teams have to start playing youth squads. Although, as we've seen over the last couple of years, you know, rules have changed mid-season, <laughs> precedents have changed. So, you know, Usually when Tottenham handball the ball, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right, Dan. I don't think they go back now. I think they st- they've set they've set themselves out, and this is how they do it. And rightly or wrongly, we'll see. Because if it gets worse, you know, then it really really will be tested. Um, but uh, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Jude, I think Dan's probably bang on the money there, though, in terms of preparation as well. You'd you'd argue probably that Spurs almost got ready for this game once before shouldn't be the hardest thing to get back up to speed for, for Fulham, should it, considering that Sonny and, and Harry both had a rest as well? Yeah, no, I think you guys have all smashed it on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> um, yeah, they should they should have ample time now to, to deal with it, having had that prep in late December now as well. And at least it's been communicated two days before um, whereas when that game initially got postponed, it was about three hours. So that's a bit more time for them to to get ready and mm. uh, adjust to the situation, which is good. Okay, let's um, move away from the football per se. Um, I'm delighted to say, Jack, that whilst we've got you on, we're going to jump in and talk about Spurs Wipe a little bit. Um, so for people that haven't already watched this, Firstly, make sure that you go and check it out. It's called Spurs Wipe 2020 and it's on Jack's YouTube channel, which you can find by searching Tetrunk, which is T-E-H and then trunk spelt normally. Can you just give us a little run through of what the wipe is and how you built it out and the idea behind it? Yeah, so uh, if anyone's sort of familiar with Charlie Brooker's wipes that he's sort of done down the years, um, screen wipe, his yearly wipe, I've basically just nicked that format and made it about Tottenham. Because <laughs> um, it was kind of, yeah, it's, it's like a mix of, I guess, archive stuff that I've dug out from players' Instagram channels, club channels, um, and a few little, like, talking heads bits I filmed just to essentially tell the story of the calendar year. Um, I thought it was a bit, I don't know, I just quite liked the take on doing a calendar year as opposed to a seasonal thing because football is obviously played in seasons but we we all know the story um and it's i just thought it's quite interesting to see the development across across the year and then obviously halfway through writing it it turned out to be a uh, a year which none of us will ever forget um <laughs> and it yeah it added some some more more jeopardy to it but yeah it was it was a 
you know, it was it was essentially just a way for me to be like, look, I I generally for the past few years because work has come along and life's taken over, I just usually tweet stuff out knee jerk and I'll make sort of <laughs> short film meme type stuff and stick it on Twitter. But I thought, what if I actually sort of put some thought into it a bit more and collect some of these ideas and try and make something a bit more tangible? And there it was. You know, at, at, at the risk of shoving my head quite far up your ass. Actually, I won't. I won't. I won't. Um, I won't position this question to you. I. What a I risk. think we're. I think we're quite lucky uh, as Spurs fans. I think we're quite lucky just in the way that that our kind of creative space moves. I think there's a there's a there's a fairly core group of Spurs fans that create content. Um, and it can go one of two ways, right? It can go down the route of perhaps being a little bit more emotional reactionary. And it can go down the kind of Spurs route where it's a bit irreverent and you almost take the piss out of yourself, you know? And I think given that, I mean, every every single club has that section of support that's a little bit grim on Twitter. But I don't know, Jack, it feels to me as if Spurs fans have got a, a quite nice sense of black humour. Is that fair? Potentially, yeah, but just, you know, just wait till I get my Barstool Sports deal, mate. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then I'm doing whatever. Then, you know, like the Newcastle guy that writes like NUFC on his belly and stuff like that? Would be me. <laughs> yeah. Shirt off in the booth, like wrestling troops. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I definitely don't mean it. It's, uh, it, I think that's been sort of a, a nice part of the... The reaction to it, um, because on on an actual genuine level, you know, I was expecting a sort of level of ambivalence towards it. Maybe it's an hour long. It's me who I've never really been like a face on anything. Do you know what I mean? I've always been this just a, an elephant avi that just <laughs> generally either tweet something that's you know about Arsenal or just a rambling rant when I'm pissed <laughs> at some point down the years. Um, so yeah, it, it has been very well received, and I think it's been quite nice to just see quite a few people actually just say like, you know, cheers for making something that isn't really embarrassing. You know, <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, that's I mean that, that that's always good to to know. You know, that's <laughs> no great compliment. Yeah, um, exactly. Dan, interested to know whether you've received your commission yet. <laughs> No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting expectantly. Mm. But obviously delighted to be featured, I'm sure. Obviously delighted to get the promotion. Yeah, Jack, Jack sent me a very long email saying he couldn't, he couldn't guarantee payment, but the exposure would be great for my career. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely right. Think, think of it as a, as a foot in the banter door. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if it ever doesn't work out at the standard, mm. you know where to come. Just change your, change your avi and put a trunk on your face and then we can move forward. Um, look, it's, been, it's been great fun, lads, and um, fingers crossed we're sitting here on Thursday off the back of... Have a nick one uh, from Fulham back to Premier League ways and talking about that title challenge. But uh, if you haven't already, do make sure you subscribe to the pod. Leave us a rating and review. We've had some really nice ones recently. So thank you to Jude. Thank you to Jack. Thanks to Hunter. Thank you to Dan. And we'll see you all next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.